I've got to get on that. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Amsterdam Talk Season 3, Episode 28. Tonight, we bring in a special guest. Tonight, we bring in Miss Waterfall Adams. Hello. How you doing, Miss Adams? Fine. Okay, so and you? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. You know, Miss Adams is a creative professional who took her destiny to her own hands. Her real name is Veronica Elizabeth Adams, born and you born in, what's this? Paducah. Paducah, Paducah Kentucky. Paducah? Yes, Paducah. Paducah, Kentucky, and raised in Mobile, Alabama. Before we get started, tell us about yourself, Miss Adams. Well, I have a degree in art history with a minor in dramatic arts from the University of South Alabama. I'm a blogger. Okay. I write reviews. I beta read. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get a gig together for Fiverr.com and also work on Upwork.com. Okay. Well, that's about it. For, well, I'm uh, also trying to expand my career in like singing, dancing, like modeling in my career as a creative professional. Okay. All right. So, um, I have you have three books, correct? Well, actually, two. I'm working on more. Okay, so I have, you know, Free to BV. Is that correct? Yes, which is available on ebook and paperback format. And I hope to have these books in the audiobook format as well. All right, and then we have, what is that? Uh, The Eclectic Mind of V. Eclectic Mind of V. Eclectic Mind of V. Eclective Mind of V. Eclective. Okay. Uh, Yeah, here is an example of a copy. All right. So, and here you have some original pieces that you wrote, correct? Correct. And I'm going to give host choice. Would you rather hear a piece from this book or my second? Well, we have a piece from both books. This is your night. Okay. Let me go ahead and find something from the first one I would like to do. Okay. Let me pick out something. All right. This poem is called Challenge. It's okay. well, it's based on like stupid internet challenges. Okay. Cinnamon challenge. Pass out challenge. Fire challenge. Charlie Charlie challenge. No lacking. Tide pod. Cold water, hot chips, hot water challenge, y'all. Well, here's the grand prize. More challenges. Pay your medical bills challenge. Get your bail money ready challenge. Your mom got to come identify your body challenge. And your loved one got to bury your dumbass challenge. Well, those are the prizes. Was it worth it? Thank you. All right, so so those that was right there. You said that was based off the internet challenges, correct? Well, some of the innov- well, the dumb ones, like the ones where somebody will end up having to pay like a 
hefty fine, do some prison time, or dead. Okay. So, um, so basically, it's like, well, I guess you say it wouldn't be prison time. It'd be more like some arrested time. No, medical. When that crate challenge yeah. was out. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that that's more hospital time right there when people falling off the top of those crates and you know landing awkwardly on those crates. It was so, exactly put like a pay your medical bills challenge. Right. So I, I see your vision with it all as far as like mom having to come view your body or pick you up from jail as far as like when people are running up behind people in these stores and they're throwing stuff at them or uh, putting stuff in their ears or doing stuff like that. Whereas they can not catch either way. So yeah, this is also... Well, this was yeah, knockout challenge, and also this is also another. Uh, before I wrote this book, before another challenge, it had about a year or two ago called Slap a Teacher Challenge. Oh yeah, I heard about that, the Slap a Teacher Challenge. I don't know if it yeah. went well. I seen some people it went through, but I don't know how far it went through. Yeah, I heard so a girl might get ten years or something. Ten years for slapping a teacher. Well, I heard that like a physically attacking a teacher is like a felony. Oh, oh, wow! Well, I didn't know that. I definitely didn't know that. Um, yeah. I have some more of your work up um, from your online art gallery. Yes, the uh, works—they are not my works, but I, I do like photography. Uh, Sometimes I put my own photography, like artwork, on there one day. I'm on, on that blog, I t uh, discuss and critique artworks that I like. Okay, so I'll, let me see if I can get it up. Let's share my screen. Let's see if I can get it up. Where is it at? Oh, where we go? I just had it up. Um, uh, here we go. Can you see it? My, um. So here, this is, you described this one. I think this is, this is the potato eaters. Yes, uh, it's from Vincent Van Gogh. Yes, there you go, bigger. So without the words that you already blog, what do you see right here when you look at this? Well, I see it's unusual from like other artworks that Vincent Van Gogh has, has done, usually some of his works usually be more colorful. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of muted tones with this one. I remember okay. seeing this when I took like an like early modern art class, art mm -hmm. history class. It was okay. back, it was painting, like back when um, um, Van Gogh, he was like a missionary at the time and saw how these um, like lower class, like, people who live in the country live. Mm -hmm. it, like, they don't have much. They have just, like, potatoes and coffee. <laughs> potatoes and coffee? Yes. Okay, well, I mean, impressionable. And so, let me exit out of that, come back out a little bit. Okay, so you have it all, all in canvas between realism and expressionism. Uh, I think there was some more you had on here that uh this one right here as well what do you see right here 
if like different theories with this one, like this person, well, the figure is like either running from something or just paranoid. Okay. If you it was called like the scream, the yell, the cry. Either no matter how people can interpret this one, um, like for example, the figure look like as he's like afraid of the two figures behind it, right. behind him, or the person just being scared and um, two figures. Uh, what's he scared about? Right. That, that's what I would ask. What I would say. Right. When I look at this piece and see, it looks like he's running away from from someone. For the two people that's behind him, it looks like he's running away from the two people, or like you just said, he's just scared of something. It looks like the world has a fiery orange moon over top of some orange sky. That's something. Is that a boat in the middle? It's like a, a little island behind him. Maybe, maybe it's like um, the bridge is like over a body of water. Okay. Okay. So, what drew you into all of this right here, as far as like all the arts that you're into? What made you, you know, just start looking at these things and blogging on these painters' uh, work, and then making the eclectic mind of V and also your other book? What made drew you to these type of arts? Well, with this blog of the online art gallery, I feel like my degree in art art history part is being well used. Okay. It's being well used as far as like how, like how you feel like it's being well used besides like, like freelance writing, like critiquing art, mm -hmm. discussing it. If I worked hard for my degree and I do intend on using it, and it's one of the ways I can use it. Okay, so by you having this degree in art, do you actually paint as well? Well, actually, art history. Art history. Well, when I, yeah, I, my, my, um, the, um, major was art studio, but it turns out I did better in art history courses than I did in art studio courses. So, art history it is. Okay. So, when you look at these, you, you just feel like when you look at these pieces, you actually just see, like, kind of get a sense of what the artist was actually going through, like what they feel and like their type of energy that they're giving off. Well, there's usually like history behind these artworks. Okay, so what's the history behind this one right here? This young lady right here. Well, this book, um, or here, I have it with me right now. It's called Black is Beautiful by the late Kwame Braithwaite. Okay. Yeah, it's like some photos. Um, he was a photographer, and he took photos from like, like 1960s and 70s. I heard like he was the one who coined that term, black is beautiful. And I've been also another person who said that before he did. Mm. Say so it's possible another person might have did it before he did. Yeah, I might need to look up that person's um uh, look up that uh, term black is beautiful. There's like history behind that. I was wondering who said that first. Okay, so what is this book about? This this book, you know, Black is Beautiful in the nineteen sixty by Bray Week. Nineteen sixty, it's like nineteen sixties and seventies. He when he took these photos, and I in this book I see like women, black women wearing like their natural hair, and it was like 
Like some of these photos, it was like before the Black Power movement. Okay. Like for example, you uh, probably seen it on um, Cicely Tyson on a 1960s TV show called East Side West Side. She was like the first black woman to have her hair like that on television. So I heard. Okay. It's like different, um, like everyday things. You ought to uh, check out this book. It's very interesting. And this is Black is Beautiful, correct? Yes, by Kwame Braithwaite. Okay, Black is Beautiful. And then you have a fact that he died on April 1st of this year? Yes, he did. And he died at 85, 85 years old. Yes. So we'll put we'll put that in here to make sure we get it right. So this is the name of the book for those who do not can't spell his name. This is the name of his book. So your other book that you know, so the other book you you have free is V, I think the free to free minor V. Free to be V. V to breathe free to be V. Free okay, so to be V. Free. Yes. Yeah, so what is what is that? So I, I'm I'm guessing the title you're just free and all your words and everything you're actually doing and this one right here. Yes, it's about freedom. I did like a tribute poem to one of my poetic inspirations, which was Maya Angelou. Okay. No, that's fact, just like, what else to say. It talks about race, religion, and also even though like this particular poem. It's both featured in both books. Okay. It's just this poem is called We Have to Dance. It's um, a poem that I do plan on like adapting it to a stage and or screen. It's mm-hmm. like there's like an advice version of this book in the book, mm-hmm. which is available in paper back and ebook format and I hope to get an audio book. Okay. Would you like to recite this poem? Yeah, that's you can recite as many as you like. We got people okay. watching. You can recite as many as you like. Well, you got a few it, minutes. this point, it's about the history of African-American dance. Okay. It's called We Have the Dance. As okay. a people, we have the dance. Way back in the motherland, we always had the dance. Through times of joy sadness to heal and rites of passage we have to dance through times of enslavement we still have to dance even when they try to take it away we dance through the shade Mm -hmm. from the juke joint to the migration we have to dance even when it's time to pay the rent we had to dance through depression and worldwide war, we have to dance. In dance studios and sock hops, we have to dance. On television and through civil unrest, we have to dance. Live and in color, we can get smooth and we can get rough. Live and in color and integrated. Through the soul train days and the disco nights, we have to dance. With BET, MTV, VH1 in the box, we have to dance. Through social media, we have the dance. At church, Broadway, the club, community centers, competition, 
Hollywood, television, social gatherings, universities, all over the world, we have to dance. We even put our own spin on it. Because of this, I could shake what my ancestors gave me and get my Jackson on. So to the future and beyond, we have the dance. Thank you. That was good. So you said get your Jackson on. What is that like another word? That's like, uh, you know, like Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, the Jackson family. Okay. You seen how they dance, right? Yes. That's what I was. That's what I was doing at like some impressionism of, of the Jackson family. You said I got to get my Jackson on. If yes, they did influence black dance anyway, you know, with Motown. 25 was like 40 years ago when he did the moonwalk. Yeah, but okay, yeah, he did the moonwalk, you know, 40 years ago. But what about, could you change that word and put in some of his uh, people that he studies, far as, is, you know, far as James Brown, uh, was that Jackie Wilson, those guys, you know? Well, you the, uh, I think like the Jackson, it's more than just my, with Michael Jackson. Right. It's also Jan hit their little sister Janet Jackson. Mm -hmm. I, and you know the rest of the Jacksons. And also I'm also you talking about like James Brown, like on the part talking about we can get smooth, we can get rough. That part's like the nineteen sixties. Like you've seen those Motown acts some mm -hmm. those acts back in the back then. Some of the, like their dance moves were smooth. But yeah. then others were like more rough, like let's say the Ike and Tina Turner Review, James Brown, the Marvelettes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look at some like old like videos on like YouTube and you saw how they danced. Okay, okay, so I'm I'm, I'm going to it right now. Like, look at um James Brown. Night Train, the Tammy Show. Okay, the Tammy Show. I have you. So Night Train. Oh, right. So all that that piece that you just stated was all based on what we do dance. Well, the basically the history of African American dance. Yes. Okay. All right. So I'll, like okay, also, so and also another. A line I meant like the night for the 1920s. One part is talking about when it's time to pay the rent. Like the migration, that's when, like, a lot of early in the 20th century, that's when a lot of black people left the South and they went north and they went west. And also, like, rent parties, like, charge people to like party with them and they get paid and the money goes towards the rent. Right, right. Rent parties, yes. I remember those. I, I remember those. I'm I'm an eighties baby. I, I know I know about those rent parties. All right, so we got some more time. We got a couple more minutes. You got another one for us? Okay, let me find something. Go ahead and well this one right here yeah, is one of my of youth points. Okay. It's called well, I'm gonna let you pick. I have one it's one point called Music of Youth, Dance of Youth, mm -hmm. 
fashion of youth, hair of youth, and tech of youth. So which one you want to pick? Give me hair of youth. Hair, okay. Get a haircut, they say. It's too inappropriate, they say. Too distracting, they say. Even be against the laws of the land. Because they can symbolize rebellion. That has been said about my greatest grandparents' process, my boomer parents' natural my stepmama and cousin X's high top fades and rat tail, and my wise micro braids and man buns. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna explain some parts like the like greatest grandparents last in my after my maternal grandparents, they were born in well, my grandfather was born in 1926 and my granny was born in 1927. They're probably like the greatest generation. Mm-hmm. You saw like hair like fried dad laid to the side. Mm-hmm. Like my boomer parents, like my mom and dad, they were born in 1954. And also back when they were like in their teens and 20s, you know, like around the 1960s and 70s, they had the Afro. Okay. And when I met my stepmama and cousin X, as in they're both Gen Xers. The Gen X generation, you know, what they call the MTV generation. You remember mm-hmm. those those high top fades, you know? Mm-hmm. And like the rat tail looked like so, you know, the guy's hair was short. They had like all bright in the back. Yeah. And I met like my white generation Y, also known as millennials, micro braids and man buns. And so, like, I have this micro braid wig on right now. And you've seen man buns, right? Yes. Yes, I've seen man buns. Yeah, well. So. It's just something. I got something to say. So, this haircut right here, let me show you this one. This is from Dallas. And this is what they do in Dallas. Like, I don't know if it's sharing, but. That right there in Dallas. Like, I don't know what that is. Look, look like the um, barber probably wasn't finished yet. I, no, no. Sorry, he I'm was finished. Close. He was finished. Really? Yeah. Is Here we go. It's like fade to the side with a shag in the back. This is something that really goes down in Dallas, Texas right here. Kind of like a mullet. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah, professional, professional in the front, <laughs> party on the weekend. And here's somebody, here's a barber right here, said it's a shag. Yeah, kind of like a black version of a mullet. Mm. That didn't really, that did so well. Well, yeah, I mean, well, but before we get out of here, I... I know you said something. I don't want to put you on the spot because you said you wanted to be a singer. So are you down to give us, let us hear your vocals tonight? <laughs> let me go and get me a little sip of water. <laughs> your sip of water. I hear you. Yeah, even though I haven't warmed up. Warm okay. Up. 
It's on you. Well, I haven't really have prepared anything. I'm going to sing a little bit of... It's a song from Stevie Wonder. You can find okay. it on his album, Songs in the Key of Life. In fact, I remember I did a dance to the song when I was at South, and I made an A in that class. Mm-hmm. It's And I hope I found this right. It's in the, the first part is like an African language like Zulu or Swahili, and the other part is Spanish, and the other part is um, English, last part. I'm going to sing the African part. I hope I hope I pronounce it right. It's called Nikokela Una Historia. Okay, you don't have to sing the whole song. Just a couple of verses. Yes, yeah, that's right. I'm going to sing the African part. It's not going to be too long. Okay, sing it. How's that? Oh, girl, you sound good. Listen, somebody need to sign you up there if they're listening right now. Somebody needs to sign you. you. They definitely need to sign you. I, I like that right there. That was nice. That was definitely nice. Um, so this is part. Of, this is the part of the show that I like right here. It's called "I Be Damn" right here. So okay, this part of the show is where people go out on dates. Nobody gets hurt or anything happens. It's just kind of like a funny story that happens. So we have two mm-hmm. tonight. They're real short, and I want you to actually once I finish, you break it down and tell me what you what you would do. So uh, here we go. Uh, Okay, so I was with my girlfriend for three years. Girlfriend came home late after her girl's night out. Our puppy went in her purse and retrieved a pair of her dirty panties. Girlfriend Uh-oh. swears she's not cheating, and most women put their panties in their purse after the night of clubbing. Is that true? That's what my caller said. Is that true? Uh, it sounds... Well, I don't really think she was with her girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like a cold. Uh, come on. Oh, she gonna be. Oh, she with her girls. She's really with a guy, you know. Right. And I bet she didn't go to a club, if you know what I mean. Right. 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 I got you. So, uh, here's the other one and the last one. Uh, she said. My boyfriend's doggy style was slapping. No air conditioner. He fainted. I lurched forward. He hit my head and cracked a tooth. His wife Ooh. comes home and finds us half naked. He said I drugged and raped him. She calls cops on me. I didn't get arrested, but I missed him a lot. So she dated him for two years before he got married. She flew from Ohio to hook up with him in Arizona. Wife was supposed to be out of town. And the wife fought her and pushed her out the door half naked. He says, I need help. <laughs> now, that's a hot mess right there. She hey. should have been messing with married men. Mm. Yeah, as we heard, as we clearly heard from that story, sounds like it's bad for your health. Yeah, it's bad for your health. So, thank you uh, for coming on, Miss. Waterfall Adams. Thank uh, you for having me. Yo, no problem. Definitely we're going to look out for you to make sure you get that singing contract. Um, if they're looking for you, where can they reach you at? 
I'm on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, LinkedIn. My two blogs, they're on yeah, blogger.com. Mm-hmm. And um, if I'm missing any right now, I am very sorry. Oh, no, we got them all. So, I thank you. We definitely got them. Yeah, my books can be found on Amazon, and I hope to get them on other outlets as well. Uh, All right. So, next week, of course, next Tuesday is July 4th, so we will not be broadcasting next Tuesday. We're going to be doing it July 5th, where we're bringing in... uh, we have a trauma story about a lady that was kidnapped and stabbed and saved by some guy and she wound up marrying him. So that'll be uh, next next week. But before we go, I had a request to play this song. It's another form of poetry. It's rap music. So I was requested before I came on the air to actually play this. So Which is basically we- poetry to music anyway. So why not? Yep. Here we go. I don't know if we can see it, but. She's Kobe. Speak yeah, makes me weak, but I refuse to weep. Yet when I sleep, I feel tears trickling down my cheek. Stay strong, pride telling me move on. My heart's fighting me, forcing me to hold on. Yours forever, fell for you beyond measure. Pure as ever, amazed by sins of treasure. Yeah, I had a request to play that song earlier. I don't know okay. why, but I just decided to do it. So thank you. Thank you for coming. Thanks and for having me. Thank you for coming. And we're going to check out your books that's on Amazon. Check out our blog, TikTok, Instagram. Thank you again, Ms. Waterfall Adams, for coming. Um, so next week, we'll see you July 5th for the season finale next week. Season finale of season three. Thank you. And have a good night. You too. All right, you as well.